Welcome to this special pensions podcast from the Stevenson Harwood Pensions Law Team. You can subscribe and listen on iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud or by visiting our website at www.shlegal.com. I'm Graham Wrightson, a partner in the pensions team, and I have with me Mark Catchpole, another partner in our pensions team. Today we're going to talk about a groundbreaking decision. Last week saw the High Court hand down a landmark decision on whether guaranteed minimum pensions have to be equalised between male and female members. This was a question that had featured in the pensions industry for nearly 30 years. By way of background, occupational pension schemes were able to contract out of the earnings-related component of the state pension. As an alternative, additional top-up benefits had to be provided by these schemes, which ensured that they provided a certain minimum level of benefits. These are known as guaranteed minimum pensions and were provided up to 5 April 1997. Whilst no additional GMPs have been earned since 6 April 1997, members will retain GMPs in their pension schemes for contracted out pensionable service that they accrue before this date. One issue that has plagued schemes with accrued GMP benefits is that, under legislation, GMP accrual is uneven for male and female members. Thanks, Graham. I wondered if you could just sort of explain why that has been an issue. Well, Mark, in May 1990, a European decision known as BARBA established that male and female members should receive equal benefits under an occupational pension scheme. The inequality inherent in GMPs was at odds with the BARBA decision, but given that GMPs are governed by legislation, it was not clear if the BARBA decision applied to this element of members' pensions. This was a problem that most schemes put aside, I think it's fair to say, but following the judgment in the Lloyds Banking Group decision, it's not something that we can ignore any longer. That's right, Graham. I think I agree with that. The court made it clear that differences in scheme benefits between male and female members as a result of unequal GMPs could not be justified. As a result of the decision, trustees must amend the scheme rules to counter the effects of unequal GMP or accrual. As GMPs are a statutory benefit, these cannot be changed by the trustees. Rather, the pension in excess of the GMP element must be amended to equalise the total benefits being received by male and female members. So, do you think the court has assisted with how this could be achieved? Yes, it has. Uh, one of the concerns was is that they would just say that you had to equalise GMP benefits, but they have provided some assistance as to how you go about it. The court was presented with a number of possible methods to achieve equalisation. In deciding which one should apply, the court considered that the principle of minimum interference prevails. On this basis, some of the methods were rejected either entirely or in the absence of employer consent. The reasons for rejection were that they they interfered too much with the beneficiary's entitlements or employer funding obligations. Of the permissible methods remaining, the employer could direct the trustee to adopt the method that was the least costly to the employer. And I know that we're still all trying to digest the court's decision, but... I understand the court also commented that there is no time limitation to the equalisation requirement of GMPs. Yes, that's right. Uh, This is probably an area which is going to cause further comment, but the obligation to equalise applies to GMPs accrued since the Barber decision on the 17th of May 1990, but otherwise there is no time limit on the application of equalisation. The court did, however, note that scheme rules may provide a time limitation of, for example, six years. It is therefore important that scheme rules are checked carefully to assist with understanding the full extent of any liability. 
Also, the court ruled that interest at a rate of 1% per annum over the base rate is payable for unpaid arrears, so that even if the arrear itself might be relatively small, over a long period of time, this could grow in size. So really, the court, as I understand it, hasn't answered all of the outstanding points in relation to GMP equalisation. So there could, for example, still be uncertainty over how transfers are to be treated and whether or not a de minimis threshold could be applied to the entire exercise. Yes, that's right. There are a number of unanswered points, and the matter will evolve as the industry responds to the decision. Whilst the decision makes clear that the requirement to equalise applies to benefits transferred into a pension scheme, no conclusions were reached on the position for schemes which have transferred out unequal GMPs in the past. It is also not clear what approach should be taken if the change in benefits after equalisation is to be minimal. So it sounds like the funding and administrative impact has the potential to be significant, but I guess it's a bit of wait and see. If nothing else, communication between trustees and employers, and obviously with members, is going to be key. So I suppose both employers and trustees should consider contacting their advisors sooner rather than later to start what will inevitably be a complex process. Yes, that's right, and we're particularly seeing that in the case of uh, transfer value requests which are already in place but have not been paid. What do you do? And it's developing two uh, different approaches in relation to that. One is to wait and equalise GMPs so that you may actually pay them outside of the strict time limits required for a cash equivalent transfer, or to pay an amount now and then to top up that payment at a later point. I think most pension lawyers are suggesting that the latter course is probably the better course, but we'll see how the market develops. Thanks, Mark. Well, that's our brief roundup for the time being. Uh, Certainly food for thought. Um, And that's all for this special podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope you found it informative. And don't forget that you can listen again and subscribe to the series on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud or on the Stevenson Harwood website.